What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side, or should I call you G.I. Jane? I knew that's where you were going. I knew it's G.I. Jane. I knew it. I, knew I wasn't it. sure. I knew it. It was either G.I. Jane or Ellen Ripley. I knew it was one of Ellen those Ripley's two not a bad one that either, you were going to go for. I thought for. the G.I. Jane would be a deeper knew, cut compared to no, Ellen No, I absolutely knew you are going for G.I. Jane, but I thought that might have been too much of a deep cut. I fucking knew you were going there. <laughs> See, I thought I'd go with the deeper cut because, yeah, I figured the Ripley one is a little bit more obvious, but, yeah. It's a good look. It feels nice. It's just like, you know, I'm I'm about to save a fortune on shampoo. Yeah, no, that's true. Or I also could have done, um, I forgot the name of her character, but Natalie Portman from V for Vendetta. Oh, God, what was her name? Evie? Sure. I, I think know. it was Evie. But, yeah, now that's a good one, too. It's that, a long that, time v, ago. V, v for Vendetta. See, that would have been a deep cut. That would have been good. I, I feel like it. that's more recent than G.I. Jane. I bet you not a lot of people know about G.I. Jane. Jane was, like, what, late 80s? No, it was 90s. It was 90s. Was I remember 90s? seeing that. Wow. I remember seeing trailers for, trailers for it in elementary school. So G.I. Jane may 90s. be as old as I am. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah, very there accurate. We go. No, like, it was so funny. Too. And that is so funny to give our viewers a, you know, a background, you know, info is I could tell you were gearing up for the joke as the episode started. I knew, I yeah. knew I was like, all right, this is either a GI Jane or an Ellen Ripley joke. And I fucking knew it was going to be a GI Jane thing. Fuck you. <laughs> Who was GI Jane? Was it Demi Moore? That's what I said. Demi Moore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'll take it. She's hot. So I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Whoa! <laughs> All right, a little, little ages um, on the side, guys. But obviously, with the breaking news of Tad's <laughs> new haircut, obviously here we also have some recent fantasy news that I think we definitely have to address at the top of today's show. Um, we have some running backs. I mean, I know we were talking about that a couple weeks ago, Tad, about just you know running backs. You know, this is the talk of the NFL and the league overall. Just like you know, running backs not getting valued the way that they should be. You know. Um, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, all these guys playing under the franchise tag and whether they're going to get a long-term contract. Um, but yeah, now we have recent signings of two free agents that were on the market for quite some time, um, two veteran free agents. And let's actually start with Gotham City here. Let's start with New York and go with Dalvin Cook being officially a member of the New York Jets. And so just getting a few of the numbers here, Tad. So he signed a one-year deal worth $7 million, but with incentives that could bump, bump all the way up to $8.6 million. This is currently makes him, as of 2023, the ninth highest paid running back this year. He is tied with James Conner, of all people, with that amount wow, right that, there. That and is his, an upset pick right there. And this is actually the highest amount without going into the double digits, because obviously you got your Christian McCaffrey's right. and your Austin Eckler's and some other guys that are the double digit mark but yeah he is actually the ninth highest paid coming into this year at the running back position so tad i know we sort of talked about this for a while that it was sort of like leading that yeah miami seemed like it was a good chance that they were going to sign him um the jets were definitely one of his visits as well seemed like he obviously wanted to go with the jets sort of make it like you know We've talked about this before, but the, uh, you know, the Philadelphia team with Vince Young and like all those guys called them the dream team. Is this like dream team 2.0 in New York now? Like with all these guys here, like, is that a reason why you think he signed with New York? But I mean, just overall, just what do you think of it officially being done that Dalvin Cook is now a member of the New York Jets? 
this hurts. I hate doing this, but uh, this is uh, this is time where I need to admit I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I I thought the whole New York Jets thing was a, a smokescreen. I even mentioned yeah. this on Chauncey Lee's podcast, where it's like, no, no, he's not going to the Jets. This is a smokescreen to up the Miami's price. I do. I honest to God, and I will go to the grave with this. I really think that is what this whole thing was. And then Dalvin Cook finally was like, okay, Miami's just not meeting my price. Fuck it. Let's go to New York because they are such contenders. Now, with the whole, are they the dream team 2.0 thing? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried they might be because it's just like everything seems too good to be true. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about just how this you know running back committee is going to work between Michael Carter, Brees Hall, and Dalvin Cook. But the more I looked at it, actually, I was pretty shocked is because if you look at Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, where he will be on the uh, depth chart, Brees Hall is still on the PUP list, the pup list. Actually, let me correct you there, Tad. He was actually activated today. Oh, Literally, okay. they signed Dalvin that. Cook yesterday and they activated him today. Go. So, yeah, some they're breaking, both healthy breaking, and active. Some breaking news right there on the side guys list. But, okay, <laughs> even with that, though, is, you know – they have such different play styles as I will say this is I here's how I see this uh, uh, backfield working out is a lot. I've seen a lot of people say, um, Oh, what is it? Uh, some other like split backfield that doesn't work. But for me, it's Nick Chubb and cream hunt. This is how I see that, you know, backfield working out is like Dalvin cook is going to be the cream hunt of this backfield with Cleveland, obviously, or what, what cream hunt was with Cleveland. And then, um, Nick Chubb will be, you know, Brees Hall basically. So yeah, one guy carrying the ball, one guy catching the ball basically. But with all that said and done is honestly, I really see that Dalvin cook is just so good. He's just such a good dual threat that Brees Hall frankly, isn't that he is a legitimate fantasy option, especially now that he is with a top tier offense. Now, once again, is this offense going to falter? Is this going to, for whatever reason, absolutely collapse like Hindenburg, like, you know, just diving down in flames? Potentially, but, you know, there's no predicting that. So right now, as I predict it, if this offense is what we think it is, I actually like Dalvin Cook as a fantasy running back, as uh, you were clearly shocked to learn this morning. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a little bit of a surprise that you're sort of all in the way you sort of phrase it on our text conversation there. I mean, um, I literally, okay, so to give our listeners a, a preview, so uh, me and Amur have been in a uh, long fantasy draft. Is that the term, long fantasy draft? Slow draft, I think. Slow draft, okay, draft, okay. Yeah, 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 whatever. But we've been in for the, like, God damn, this thing's going on forever, like four days now. Um, and so I, I came up, actually, it was perfect timing. Like, literally, the second my first period was done, I, like, pulled up my phone. I was like, oh, sweet, I'm on the clock. And I texted Amur, and this is your fault because you could have talked me out of this, but you did not. You did not check your text soon enough. I think you texted me when I was in the shower, so I couldn't respond to you at all. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I literally, <laughs> and this is this is what, what the string text was. Should I do the thing? Yeah. Two minutes later, I kind of want to do the thing. Five minutes later, I'm going to do the thing. And I drafted uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So all that happened as I was getting ready for work. Yeah, so I missed it all of great. that. I loved it. <laughs> I, I love it because, like I said, like it's, it's well worth the price because we forget that Dalvin Cook is a top five in terms of talent, a top five running back who just got weirdly priced out of Minnesota. The dude's only 27. 
it's not, yes, I understand that he has this injury history. I understand that, you know, his consistency is an issue, but it's not like a Zeke Elliott thing where his product, uh, production really dropped off. And trust me, we'll touch on Zeke Elliott in a bit. But, like, it's it's one of those things where it's just, I think, if he can stay healthy, this dude could be Jamal Charles 2.0. And you're putting him oh. on one of, exactly, I will stand by that opinion. And this, you're putting him on one of the top offenses already in the NFL this year. So I think that if he can stay healthy, oh my God, I think I just got to steal because I did the thing. Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, um, Dalvin Cook here has had four straight thousand-yard seasons. And, I mean, it's just insane that just Minnesota decided to move on for him. I guess, like we talked about, they like the cheaper option there with Alexander Madison. He's on that sort of, you know, quote-unquote rookie contract, so they don't have to worry about paying him that much, right, and see what they have in him. Um, but, yeah, Dalvin Cook is still – I'd say he's still in his prime because he's going to yeah. be 28 as he enters the season. I mean, I think he turns 28 during the season, but um, still has I'm a lot it. of tread on those tires for sure. And I mean, I think this also speaks to the fact, like I know you sort of brought up Brees Hall, but I think this sort of speaks to the fact of just how they're sort of treating Brees Hall as far as his injury is concerned that he suffered last year. And I, I know we talked about him being activated uh, today, but I think they want to ease him into the start of the season because they want to make sure he's fully healthy because I think 100%. Brees Hall's the future of the franchise at the running back yeah. position. Like Dalvin yeah. Cook's only signed for a one-year deal. I think this is purely a sort of like a let's make sure Brees Hall's 100% healthy. We can ease him in as as slow as we want to to go with the season. We have Dalvin Cook. He's fully ready to go. Let me backtrack that there. He's not fully ready to go. He's still rehabbing from a shoulder surgery he had in the offseason, but he should be 100% good to go by week one. Same thing with Brees Hall, but I think with Brees Hall, like we talked about, that's the future. Dalvin Cook is right now the immediate. So like we sort of mentioned here, if they're competing for that Super Bowl this year, like they want to capitalize on the Aaron Rodgers window that they have, that's a move that you make because it's like, okay, this is a guy who can produce for us right now. We have Brees Hall, who's very much the same type of running back, like a very durable, di dynamic running back, but he is the future. So we want to make sure that that future is okay. Let's capitalize on the right now with Dalvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers, all the other pieces there. So I think it's a good matchup there. I think just unfortunately for me, it just kills both players of fantasy stock there. So it's like where Brees Hall was going a lot earlier, he had an ADP of 33. Um, yeah, Dalvin yeah. Cook had an ADP of 65. I think Cook drops a handful of spots. Oh, see, I think Cook spots. goes up. I actually think Cook goes up. I think Brees goes down. Cook goes up. That's fair. And I think, like I said, with Cook sort of not, taking not the too immediate, much, not too much, like ten spots. Yeah, but I think with Cook sort of taking the immediate role, that's where you may see a rise in his uh, overall ADP. But for me. I'm thinking long-term. So for my personal rankings, I'd actually, like I said, I'd drop him a handful of spots. So I'm taking him, like I said, currently he's at 65. So that's round six in the 10-man league. I'm taking it maybe in round seven now. And same thing with Brees Hall. I'm probably taking him around later, possibly two rounds later, if we're that much cautious oh, yeah. about the injury yep. with that's happening with Brees Hall and how much they decide to use Dalvin Cook. So both guys are viable in fantasy leagues, but now it's like sort of that similar situation where it's like, are they going to cannibalize each other? Because they have very similar skill sets. Brace Hall is very capable capable pass catcher as well, just like Dalvin Cook is. They're both very capable runners. So it's just like, how are they going to sort of manage that workload? And I know you sort of brought up Michael Carter, but he is irrelevant now. Like, yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> if he sees the field, it'll probably be like, what, mm -hmm. two yeah. snaps a game if at all? Like, I mean, just, he is completely irrelevant. The rookie Israel Abanacanda is absolutely irrelevant. Out. Out. And also Travis Dye. I thought that was it. That, that's why this was such a dumb draft pick because he's the running back at Pitt, right? 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said that at the time during our uh, draft live stream of just like that, that was a stupid pick. And I had a former coworker asked me, he's like, Oh, I think he's a real sleeper. I'm like, don't fall for it. Don't do it. And I mean, he, he's going to be lucky if he makes a roster at this point. Oh no, he'll make the roster. He has the so? out for it. I think they're probably going to cut like a Travis die, a Zonovan Knight. Those guys are probably gone. Abacanda is going to make the roster for oh, sure. Four running backs on the roster. Term, his long-term prospects are going to be, yeah, we'll see about that. Because even though they have Cook and Hall, like, I mean, obviously they're both sort of managing inj- injuries as well coming off the offseason, right? So, and like you talked about, Cook has sort of had a history of missing a handful of games. So whether he can stay healthy a full season, that's, that's sort point. of something to that's worry about. Point. So, yeah, they'll keep Carter. They'll definitely keep, I think, Israel Abanacanda too. Like, he's got too much talent for them to just let him go and somebody else to sort of reap the benefits there. So, but yeah, I do like both players fantasy wise. But like I said, I just I think I'm going to take both players now around later than their current ADP sort of dictates right now. Last thing I'll say about this is kind of what you touched on because I I really do think uh, this is how it's going to work out. Is Dalvin Cook is going to be the MVP of the Jets offense moving forward for the first eight weeks. Brees yep. Hall is going to come back because I think exactly like what you said is they are going to ease him in. That's why they did this signing It's okay. This gives us a little cushion. This gives us a little time. This gives us a little time to, you know, let Ted grow, grow his hair back, but yeah. they are going to oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> but I think that once Brees Hall comes back like full form, in the you know week eight or week nine, then Dalvin Cook's stock is going to drop a little bit. But that's why I drafted him, and I think it was the ninth round. I want to say is because like I'll take a running back for the first nine weeks. Sure, I'll take a number one yeah. guy, and if he like starts dropping off, okay, then you. But that's the whole thing is you need to be prepared to have a backup plan for that. And what's my backup plan? is Damian Pierce, who I took three rounds before that. So it was kind of like, you know, hedging my bets a little bit there because I'm not totally confident in Damian Pierce. I'm not totally confident in Dallin Cook. So take two backs you're not totally confident in. Hopefully one of them works out. So that's how it goes. But no, I, I would not go all in on Dalvin Cook in terms of like this guy's going to carry my fantasy team. But if you need an immediate bit, if the draft is not going your way, and you just need a running back to kind of like just band-aid until you can figure out a trade, which by the way, you can listen to us or hit us up at the Desai guys on Twitter or Instagram or at Tad Desai 94 on Twitter. You can hit Amur up as well, but he's not so good at trades. We keep that to ourselves. <laughs> but I don't if, think it's I don't think it's many trades as you. So yeah, hundred well, percent. Exactly. Well, that's why that's why I'm better at <laughs> I will concede to that. Yeah, okay, there we go. So yeah, so no, I think if you need like an almost immediate band-aid, Dalvin Cook is the guy to go. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But like we talked about, there's two veteran running backs that have made recent years. How did this happen in the same weekend? How did this happen? They're both in the AFC East surprise. How did that happen? (laughs) So Dalvin Cook is now member of the New York Jets, which is just covered, and now. Oh, Ezekiel Elliott has joined the New England yeah, Patriots to supplement it. their running back depth chart. Um, he has also signed a one-year deal worth only $3 million, but he got a $1 million signing bonus, so technically it's $4 million. And with incentives, it could bump up all the way to $6 million. So still a little bit lower than Dalvin Cook, surprisingly. And maybe you see the trend. Yeah, maybe not so surprisingly, but you look at that running back room and just maybe I think they could have supplemented with a better running back. He probably could have guarded maybe a little bit more. Surprisingly low, given the position, not surprisingly low versus Dalvin Cook. Exactly, exactly. Um, 
But yeah, I think they brought him in as a veteran presence. Obviously, they have Ramondre Stevenson as a starting running back. back. Damien Harris has now left to play with the Buffalo Bills, so they lost he's that a bill? there. Yep, he's a member of the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, I think they have a lot of young running backs. They have JJ Taylor, they have Pierre Strong. Um, they have a bunch of other guys that are just like they don't have the experience that Zeke has being that bell cow running back that he was in Dallas. And so he's definitely not going to be that same running back here in New England. Dude. But I think he's sort of going to bring something that New England probably prioritizes, especially if they're trying to develop Mac Jones. Zeke Elliott's one of the best run blob pass blockers at the running back position in the NFL. And I think you need that, especially when you're trying to make sure you can get the most out of this offense. They obviously hired Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator this offseason. So that's obviously one more plus. And then, yeah, they need that extra. Bill O'Brien is a Patriot. That one you knew. You're just making a bit. Here. Well, I, I knew I knew he was a Patriot. I, I, I honestly got did not know he was back with the Patriots. Yeah, no, he is their offensive oh, coordinator. So God. obviously they want to get the most out of the, that they Wait, can. Wait, it's not Matt Patricia Jones. anymore? That's a shame. He's still on their coaching staff. He's on. Their I know he's still he's still in DC. He's still in. Okay, D- right. Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia. No, no, credit where it's due. Matt Patricia is a great DC. That man should never ever call an offensive play again in his life. Oh, 100 percent. 100%. Him Good and God. Joe Judge. I'm just, so sorry, Mac. It was Jones. a disaster. I am sorry. God damn. <laughs> We're not even Patriots fans, and we still feel bad about that. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. So, veteran move there to sort of supplement the running back room. He's definitely going to get some touches. But before I sort of get into my notes here, Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here. But just like, what do you think about Zeke joining the Patriots? And just like, how do you feel about it fantasy wise as well? Uh, so I can't help but laugh because what you said is absolutely correct. I'm not saying what you said is wrong, but, uh, you know, what has zero fancy value when it comes to running backs, uh, pass blocking. No, that's true. That's I don't true. care. I don't care <laughs> as a, as, as a fantasy manager, I could give a shit if you're a good, uh, you know, pass blocker, but well, I will, you can sort of tie it into that. If he's in there on passing formations as a sort of like last for, ditch effort, if he needs yeah. to scoop out and get into flat Mac Jones could sort of fight about there. So it's yeah. like, um, it's uh, going to be a more passing formations that sort of leads to potentially, potentially exactly. I don't for sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. No, no, that's a very fair point is like, yeah, if you are a better pass blocker, you're out there on the uh, field more. And if you're out there on the field more, that means more opportunities to do something like exactly. that's a t- totally fair conclusion to reach. Um, I have one word to describe. So with Dalvin Cook, it's a little trickier to figure out because it's just like I don't know what his role is going to be or you know how many how many touches he's going to get. It's it's very tr- Dalvin Cook is a total gamble, right? With uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I have one word, and that one word sums up his entire value right here. It's not bad, but it's just what he is. Are you ready for this? Streamer. Yeah. So what he is. He's a streamer. He is a touchdown dependent streamer. And let me tell you why is so I looked up some advanced stats on uh, Ezekiel last year. And of course, like all these things of like, oh, his you know, running percentage was down. His yards per carry were down. Yes, he is no longer a number one running back. We all know that. That's why Tony Pollard took over in Dallas. And that's why Dallas decided to move on from him. But I will say this. These stats shocked me. Zeke had a nearly 70% conversion rate on first down or touchdowns in short, uh, short yardage situations. Meaning, in short yardage situations, he either got first down or a touchdown in 70% of the times he was given the ball. And then in 72% of third downs, he converted them either into a first down or touchdown, which tells me, all right, 
Z- why is Zeke no longer valuable as a number one back? Because he's a trucking back. And trucking backs just do not have the, you know, for lack of a better term, they do not have the legs to sustain a long, successful fantasy career. But they do have the legs to get you those six points if you hit it on the right matchup. So I think that, you know, Zeke, I, I think uh, your boy Stevenson, who I know you love so, so much when it comes to fantasy, uh, I think he will be, no, exactly. <laughs> so I think he'll be the go-to back on most downs, but Zeke is going to be their short yardage goal line guy. So do I see Zeke being like, you know, draftable? Sure. But like in the way later rounds, like in the last like three or four rounds, if you draft him thinking like, oh, New England's going to revive his career and he's going to be uh, Lawrence Maroney. Um, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm advising you against that right now. Uh, doctor's orders. Just don't, <laughs> nope, mm, nope, don't go for it. But I think if, uh, especially when, you know, waiver season rolls around and we're about to jump, you know, head first into that, um, when waiver season rolls around, he is going to be a fascinating name to look out for. See, so I still think he's draftable, but I think because I, I think, think he's draftable just the last like four rounds or so. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely he's not like worthy of where he is going. Before, yeah, he's he's, he's touchdown dependent. He's hundred percent touchdown dependent. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm also glad that you brought the advanced stat- statistic that you brought of him converting seventy percent of his short line goals to go or whatever it was that you actually threw out God, there. But that's just so much. That, that's a way better way to put it than I did. <laughs> I put the efficiency that. rate on those, you know, short distance gains or just, just he's very good in short yard situations. That's exactly, the that's the bottom line. Here's the thing, Ted. I I pulled together numbers here. Oh, and this God. is why he's so touchdown dependent, and like you said, maybe a good streaming option, but definitely not that RB one. So in the last three seasons, Ted, he okay. has scored 32 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Sorry, 32 total touchdowns. I should say. It's not what we're saying. Dude, we should have played over under. I would have taken the under on no, that. No, no, I'll get to it over under. I have oh, one for shit. you. So okay. 32 total touchdowns in the past three seasons. 23 of those touchdowns have come with only five yards to go until the end zone. So that is the That's definition, right. the epitome, the exact what you want when you're looking at a touchdown dependent type of player. And he is hundred percent going to be a touchdown vulture for Ramondre Stevenson. I'm yeah, already well, out of Ramondre thank Stevenson. Thank you. I meant to bring up that word. Vulture is the perfect word right there. So I already brought the fact many episodes before that I'm not a huge fan of Ramondre Stevenson oh. at where he's being drafted, but now with the Zeke sighting, he's going to take away those touchdowns. Like I said, he is going to be that vulture to Ramondre Stevenson. So yes, he'll get some of those receptions at those long yards, but if he's not punching it in, this could be a very similar situation that we saw with Deontay Johnson as far as being that receiver is getting a lot of receptions, get a lot of yards, but if he doesn't punch it in for you, He's going to finish at like 30, and that's very yep. similar to what we could see with Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, he may find the end zone a handful of times, but at most, like, yeah, maybe a handful of times there. And so, Tad, here's my over-under oh for God. you. Okay. In the past three seasons, over-under, longest touchdown that he has scored, 15. 15.5. I'll give you the 15.5, over-under. Over. You are better at this game. That's why yes, I'm Let's go. Let's go. Let me, whoa, you know let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, go 16, 16. Higher than that. It was actually 19. Really? It was under oh, 20. Okay. So right. Once again, yeah, 20, that's the okay. red zone. You are in the red zone when you're within 20 yards 19. of the end zone. So Who the hell let Zeke Elliott score from 19 yards? 
don't know, but it somehow happened there. But that pretty much, like I said, that sums up what we're getting from Ezekiel Elliott the past couple of seasons, because that's the past three seasons. He is not scoring those long touchdowns that he was doing back at Ohio State and early in his career. He is very much, as soon as you get to the end zone, okay, this is where his value starts to come into play. So currently you look at Ramondre Stevenson, his ADP is at 24. Like I said, for me, that's way too high. <laughs> I don't think he should be drafted as an RB1 at out, all. Time out, time out, time out. Running back 24? No, overall 24. So he's overall going to second round. Overall 24? That is his average draft position. In case those of you who are tuning in don't know what ADP stands for, average draft position out of fantasy drafts that they're compiling here. 24 is his ADP. So that's why I said I am completely out of wrong with you people? that high. I don't see it. But oh, God, no. When- no. With this signing, I think that oh, drops no, that... at least 10 spots. I think he's going to Dude, go into the third round, possibly that. the early fourth round, as far as what I'm going to target him. But I bet you there's still a lot of people that are going to be like, well, like you said, like Zeke is going to be a streaming option. I don't know if I can rely on him week to week. So Roger Stevenson is still going to get majority of the carries. He's still going to get majority of the points. But like I said, when you're not getting those touchdowns, yeah, the yards of the receptions are good if you can get enough of them. But those touchdowns, they give you six points as a running back. So, I mean, that's where it really benefits you to have the guys who can not only accumulate the stats as far as the yards and the receptions and the touches, depending on the league that you play in, touches also count as well. But the touchdowns are very critical factors. So, yeah, for Roger Stevenson's not getting those touchdowns, his value absolutely drops for him. And then as far as Zeke is concerned, his current ADP right now is 143. So that's pretty much at the end of your draft, possibly depending on your league settings. He may not get drafted at all but with this signing in new england like i said i like the touchdown dependency i bet you bill belichick is going to utilize the hell out of him once they get to the red zone especially with you know some of the passing issues that they have in the red zone and they don't have that many great weapons in the red zone we'll see mike jacecki could be a good option out there but he's dealing with an injury right now so we'll see if that can carry over into the season as well but i think just the biggest thing with this signing here i think zeke will up by like maybe 10 spots as well. So I could see him going maybe in 13, rounds 13, maybe late 12. But yeah, I think very at the end of their draft, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him as far as a touchdown defensive option. I just have one PSA to make. Go for if it. you are drafting Ramondre Stevenson in the second round, yeah. hold on, let me try to do my best impression. <clears throat> Stop. Get help. Stop it. What are you doing? Even before the Zeke Elliott signing, that's stupid. No, I, I, I'm completely there with you. Like, I, I don't even think Stevenson's uh, value should drop just 10 points is or uh, at 10 spots. Is I think that it should <laughs> drop. Honest to God, like, Stevenson, of all the news this weekend, is the biggest loser. Oh, 100%. 100%. Is because, like, yeah, no, like we've talked about, is like, I think that he's just going to get vultured the fuck out of going forward this season. So it's just, yeah, it's Stevenson's now, he went from a borderline running back two to now a borderline emphasis on borderline flex option until I see how this backfield works out. So last thing I'll ask you, Murray, and I'll give my grades while you think about yours is what grades would you give both these signings? I would give uh, the Dalvin cook a B plus. Cause like I said, with the, you know, the iffiness surrounding Brees Hall, uh, I think that gives you a pretty good insurance policy. And plus you just picked up one of the best young running backs in the league. Um, Zeke, I, uh, I'll give it like a B minus. 
I think for me, I'd probably give the Dalvin Cook signing a B minus more just because I'm questioning what the Jets are doing. I think they had a very good running back room already. Yeah, why? why like, did they the really need to sign Dalvin Cook? Like, I like Israel Abanacanda. I like Michael Carter. So it's like they could have used both of those guys to compliment as far as like waiting for Brees to sort of get fully healthy or like just let Brees go because he's a young guy. He can sort of bounce back from what he was doing. So that's where I sort of question it as far as a B minus. Definitely he's still young in his prime and they're trying to capitalize on that small window with Aaron Rodgers, it makes a ton of sense there. But like I said, as far as the franchise is concerned, weird signing there. And I'd probably give a very similar grade to the New England Patriots, so B, probably a B for the New England Patriots and Zeke Elliott, too, where it's okay. like, yeah, so I think it's like a solid move. I think, like I said, you got a good, dependable Man, my, my students would love you as a teacher. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not a teacher. Maybe yeah, I'm a little too no, generous exactly. here. Um, so I think just getting it to the red zone, that's really going to benefit them. They obviously struggled on offense, so this sort of gives them a little bit more credibility. Like we talked about, if they want to shore up that passing game, they keep them in on passing downs, give back Jones an extra blocker, obviously, in the backfield there to sort of give him extra time to hopefully find those receivers and move the ball down the field through the air as well. So like I said, I'd probably get B- for Dalvin Cook and the Jets, B for uh, Zeke Elliott uh, and the New England Patriots. So, right. yeah, not bad. Not that fair so, enough. All right. So we got into the recent news here, but we definitely had a topic at hand that we wanted to get into. And you can see by our little banner here that you probably look at it and probably be like 2023 fantasy lottery tickets. What the hell is that? Because I know Tad is questioning me. I had that question twice. I asked that question twice. I was like, I'm still kind of confused. Um, so essentially what I think I, I did the assignment right. We're about to find out. Yeah, based on what you told me before we started recording, I think you're you're all right here. Oh, so, okay. uh, but essentially, what I wanted to find fantasy lottery tickets are, like Tad sort of put it to me, like what he was asking me. He's like, this is a very deep sleeper, but essentially, this is a player that you could take for practically nothing. Essentially, like when you're buying or, a lottery or ticket, a pickup on waivers. Or pick up on waivers, exactly. Some of these players are a very good chance that they'll get undrafted in most of your fantasy leagues as well. But like I said, it's a low-cost investment, but the potential of the return, it could be pretty high, medium to pretty high. So it's exactly like when you buy a lottery ticket. You spend 5 10 maybe 20 bucks on a lottery ticket or lottery tickets, and you're hoping to win the big prize, right? So this is very much the same thing, where it's like you take a chance. Hopefully you can strike it big with some of these guys that everybody else is probably going to be overlooking but if it returns the investment that you're hoping for, they can make a huge difference mm-hmm. for your fantasy roster. Yep. So that's exactly what we're going to be getting into with a couple of players that we both have picked here. So, Tad, now that you fully understand the assignment on the podcast, but like I said, I think you did your homework pretty well. You got your notes done pretty well. We talked about the players that you chose. I think you chose some good ones here. Who is the first lottery ticket of the fantasy season that you're sort of picking here for 2023? Okay, so, well, first off, if this player is being drafted, this is why I made the clarification of, like, waivers as well. Because if yeah, this player is being drafted, well, yeah. yeah, if this player is being drafted in your league, um, you need to hit me up because you need some help. Um, <laughs> Cole Turner, out of what college, yeah. remember? Well, we talked about this pre-recording, well, I, I know. I'm trying Nevada. to keep the bit going. Okay, all right. With what team? Oh, currently, he is with the Washington Commanders. There we go. Uh, I, what round was he drafted? Oh, that you go. may have gotten There we me. go. Mm-hmm. I want to say the sixth round. Ooh, so close. Fifth round. Fifth round. Dang. I know it was yeah. a day three pick. I no, was it was close. Sixth it was and close. seventh. But yeah, fifth totally surprised me there. All right. So, All yeah. Right. So, Cold Turner, the tight end out of uh, you know Nevada, drafted in the fifth round of Washington. Most of you, let's be real, have never heard of this guy. And it's just like, why the hell? Would I ever consider him as a fantasy option? Well, I'll tell you why. Is first things first, Logan Thomas 
is currently ranked as the first uh, string tight end in Washington. Amur, <clears throat> over under, let's go three and a half seasons that Logan Thomas has played in his career full games. Oh, all 16 or all 17 yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yep. Under. You are. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. You are Logan correct. Thomas is pretty easy. Wow, that was, that yeah. was an easy no, one. That, that was, was a gimme. That was, that was a gimme. So <laughs> impressive, though, because you dropped quite a few gimmies. But, yes, yeah, so, so Logan Thomas has not played a full season since 2020. And the, Cole Turner is now the second guy behind Logan Thomas. He is 6'6", six, six, yeah, you know, a very physical type of tight end. And you may be wondering why am I bringing this up? It's because who is Washington's new uh, offensive coordinator, Amur? Eric Bieniemy. And who loves very physical, uh, you know, athletic tight ends, Amur? Eric Bieniemy to an extent. And who apparently do all of his players hate? <laughs> that's what I don't get. That's, yeah, a, that's a separate issue, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in another podcast. But anyway, yeah. the point being is Eric Bieniemy knows how to make the most out of big athletic tight ends. And like I said, I know what a lot of people are saying, well, that's Logan Thomas. And it is Logan Thomas. It's fair. But I don't think he is trustworthy of carrying an entire season. And I think once Cole Turner steps in, he could potentially take that job over because it's the NFL, man. When you go down with an injury and someone steps in and proves they're better than you, they have the job, especially, and here's the thing, it's just, it's not fair, but here's the reality. He's cheaper. Is the teams like the cheaper options? So I think that Cole Turner can really step in and be the new big tight end for Washington. So I'm not saying draft him, but I'm saying if slash win, Logan Thomas goes down. That is a waiver wire target that is shooting up my boards. And before I let you get to your piece of mer, I will say this. Washington's already played a preseason game. In that game, Cole Turner had four catches for 31 yards. Something worth looking out for. So if Logan Thomas goes down, Cole Turner, I'm going for him immediately. See, that's not bad. I really like this one as a deep sleeper, but I also like Logan Thomas as a lottery ticket. Logan Thomas isn't bad, but it's dependability. But that's exactly what it is. So I think it's exactly like you laid out, where it's like if this guy can sort of fit into the system that Eric Bieni has put in place, be that sort of Travis Kelsey of Bieni's offense Mm -hmm. with the commanders, and he could absolutely tear it up, then that's a guy that's also probably going to go undrafted in your fantasy leagues as well. But like you said, he just hasn't been healthy. So he's very much like you want that sort of handcuff option with Cole Turner. So if Logan Thomas were to go down, it's like very much you want to prioritize getting Cole Turner off the waiver wires then in case you decide to sort of take that chance on Logan Thomas. But both guys are very dependable. I could very much see Cole Turner sort of supplement, uh, su- supplanting. That's what I was looking for, not supplementing. Uh, supplanting Logan Thomas as that primary tight end. Because if I remember correctly, Tad, but he was drafted in 2021, right? Or was it 2020? 2022 i believe oh was it 2022 okay it was a recent draft and i remember he was one of the top tight end prospects to begin with so i liked him a lot in the draft process i remember that. yeah so i think he could bring a good skill set to the position so yeah if he does end up taking over that primary tight end receiving duties in washington like he's very much can sort of take it and sort of be very successful 2022 i was correct 2022 okay very good there so yeah, I think 100% there that I like Colt Turner, but it wouldn't surprise me if Logan Thomas, he plays really that's, well as no, well. But just if he gets hurt, that's the big thing, yep. which has sort of been the case lately. That, yeah, if he gets hurt, Colt Turner is a very valuable handcuff. And I will once again do the shameless plug is if, or not, I'm, you know what? Fuck if. When 
when drastic injuries happen throughout the season, you're like, oh my God, my roster is doomed. What do I do? Well, I'll tell you what to do is tune in the decide guys because starting kickoff in just two weeks from now, God, almost insane. 15 insane. days, 15 days away is we will have our weekly waiver wire targets ready for you where we factor in recent injuries, recent, uh, you know, cuts, trades everything else so if you are looking for mid-season fancy advice we got you with our waiver wire target episode i also believe don't we do a free agency episode um we do waiver wires we do start sits we do dfs yeah, we start sits may sprinkle in some free agency stuff as yeah. well but i mean yeah we got you covered i think yeah. that's the main thing so so bottom line is yes yeah. so so whenever the injury happens so let's say logan thomas does go down you're like do i still trust cole turner you can tune in and listen to me say yes for a half hour exactly 100 percent there <laughs> um so i'm going to get to buy lottery ticket player at least one of them here um kenneth gainwell running back with the Philadelphia Ooh. Eagles. So obviously you there's all the, you trust uh, him. I do trust him. And here's why, because currently he's going after the top 50 running backs off the board. So he's being drafted after that. So if I remember correctly, he was being the 56th or 57th running back off the board being drafted 166 overall in fantasy league. So like I said, most chances he's probably going to get drafted in your fantasy league. Maybe like a last round pick. Somebody may take them as like, all right, I'll take a flyer on it. Well, you should be that guy because he's in a crowded backfield. I think that's for sure. Because obviously they've traded for DeAndre Swift during the NFL draft. They signed Rashad Petty in the offseason. They have Boston Scott still on the roster. So there's a lot of guys to contend with. But with all that said, all through training camp, who was primarily running with the first team offense? Kenneth Gainwell. And I was, sort of was going to say Miles Sanders. Damn. <laughs> he's running with the first team with a different team, though. <laughs> Brian Westbrook. Oh, man. That's a good throwback. I love Brian Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> love Brian Westbrook. But anyway, let's get back to the current Eagles here. So he's been running with the first team offense primarily all the training camp. He's been dealing with an injury, so he's not been playing in the preseason as of yet. But it's looking like he may be on track to play in the second preseason game here. But let's also not forget, Ted, but I brought this name up before, but Rashad Penny. He is habitually on the IR list. Like, I mean, this guy can't stay That's off true. that list. And DeAndre Swift, he's dealt with some injuries as well. It's just like in the shorts career that he's had as well in Detroit, we haven't seen him emerge as like, oh, this is a guy that will be a dominant piece. There's a reason why Detroit moved on from him. And now they're going with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery in Detroit. So it's like, there's a reason Detroit decided that's like Philadelphia, you could deal with them because he's been too frustrating here in Detroit. Haven't been the guy that we were really expecting him to be. So with those sort of like question marks with those two potential starting running backs ahead of him, I think Kenny Gaywell has been in the system longer. He's been in the offense longer. I think he could sort of cement himself as being one of those lead guys in this backfield. Now, I will say this is a running back by committee approach in Philadelphia. So, I mean, there are going to be a lot of involvement by everybody on the roster. But like like LaShawn McCoy? McCoy? LaShawn McCoy got a lot of the targets, and then Chip Kelly decided to trade to Buffalo, which I didn't make any heads or tails out of that one. I was like, what? Okay, sure. Um, But I think if you're willing to take a last-chance flyer on him, like I said, I think he's got a lot of potential to sort of emerge from that backfield and be that primary ball carrier that you would want. But once again, this is the definition of a lottery ticket because, yes, he could get more involved, and he could become that guy that you're sort of hoping for and be that sneaky addition to your fancy roster. Or – 
he'll just get lost in the shuffle and he'll be sprinkled among uh, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Boss Scott, all those guys, and he just won't get enough uh, touches in the offense to be effective long-term. He may have a flash week two, a week, uh, a couple weeks here or there, but consistently he wouldn't be a good enough uh, contributing factor. So for me, like I said, I like the fact that you take him as a last round sort of pick there. Possibly if he goes in drafting, you decide you want to draft, uh, address another position, you could grab him off the waiver wire as a good healthy addition because I very much think he could separate himself from the pack and become a very solid producer in this offense. I think if we're getting about uh, Steve Van Buren. Wow, you threw it way back there. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. All right, so let's get to our other lottery ticket players that we have here, Tad. Who's another guy that you want to bring up? I mean, I'll go through this one real quick. It's uh, Josh Reynolds with the Detroit Lions. Is, uh, I like you know, I'm, but yeah, everyone, exactly, because everyone loves this Detroit Lions offense, and it's a very explosive offense, as they should. But people forget part of this explosive offense before he got hurt was Josh Reynolds. He was a very key part of this offense because Jameson Williams got uh, uh, got hurt last year. He got suspended this year. So it's basically history repeats, uh, repeats itself where, you know, Josh Reynolds, he got hurt after week four of last year. But listen to these stats uh, leading up to week four is Josh Reynolds had 307 yards and two touchdowns in the first four weeks of last season. That's really, really good. Yeah. And so I think with Williams out for the first, was it six games, six games yeah, of the six season? Games. Yeah. Okay. Six games of the season. I think that, you know, it's, it's, he is an upset pick for the number two receiver in this offense. And once again, I will say this again is like, he is the number two threat in one of the most explosive passing offenses in the league. So why shouldn't he blow up? But if you look at his ADP, this dude's going undrafted. In a lot of leagues. So I think that if you are, once again, I will say this is uh, if you're in a draft and everything is going horribly, horribly wrong, which I am used to. Um, and you're just like, fuck, I need a receiver. I just need a guy on my bench. I can feel somewhat good about is Josh Reynolds is one of those guys where you can draft and you can feel really good about and no one else is looking his way. Yeah, I really like Josh Reynolds. Actually, I was actually a big fan of his last year, too, before he got like hurt. Like I said, with those, um, those stats, the first four weeks, whew. It sort of speaks to this because I think I brought this up before in our podcast last year, but Josh Reynolds played with Jared Goff in Los Angeles with the Rams. Ooh, so he sort of has that chemistry point. that carries over from Los Angeles over to Detroit now. So I think you sort of see that as far as like Goff is like, okay, this is a guy that I'm used to practicing with. I'm used to fighting him. I built that chemistry already. So he's going to look his way more often. The timing is already there, whereas opposed to like Ahmad Rossi Brown, Marvin Jones is now back with the team. I think he's still got to build that. I know they're sort of in training camp and preseason games or what have you, but it's still takes a little bit of time whereas he's already done it with josh reynolds for a handful of seasons in los los angeles with the rams now you come over to detroit it's already there so it's already established you can sort of look his way a little bit more often so yeah 100 like if it takes a little bit more time for marvin jones to sort of develop that chemistry with jared goff josh reynolds will 100 step into that sort of secondary role third role whatever it is it's sort of get sort of those you know, looks his way. Like I said, Jared Goff will look his way a little bit more consistently after off looking a St. Brown, obviously with all the double coverage that he'll probably be seeing. So yeah, Josh Reynolds, a very good name to have as well. That's a really good late round flyer type of player or grab him off the waiver wire as well there. So I'm going to stick to the receiver position. I'm going to go to the Denver Broncos and I'm going to bring up the rookie Marvin Mims Jr. I love so, this. This is such a good pick. I was a huge fan of Tim Patrick heading into the season, but 
man, this guy just he just doesn't have the looks right now because <laughs> he tore his Achilles this year. He is. Out I love this guy season. so much. It's he sucks. was a big producer it for really him in 2021. Sucks. I really expected him to sort of take that next leap. I I trade for him every time I start a Madden franchise. I trade for Tim Patrick. Yeah. He's a very dependable, good route runner. He's a very Sox, good man. receiver. Sox. And just, yeah, unfortunately, 2022, he tore his ACL, so he was out all of last year. And then, as mentioned, this year, he unfortunately tore his Achilles, and so he's out all of this year as well. So next year is going to be interesting. Coming off two season-ending injuries, how is he going to look? How is he going to perform? But I was really all aboard Tim Patrick this year with Sean Payton and that offense, but unfortunately, he's out. So they also released KJ Hamler, their former, I want to say third round pick out of Penn State, might have been fourth round pick. Um, but a really good speedster that is just unfortunately he's suffering from periocarditis, which is a mild heart irritation. So that seems like kind of scary stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's anything too serious because it said mild. But if they deal with the heart, that already freaks me out a little bit there. So we'll see That's exactly right. what's going on. What's the, uh, what's the safety's name again? We don't want to repeat of that. Yeah, seriously, Demar Hamlin, exactly. Demar Hamlin, so, thank you. Um, but yeah, so they ended up releasing him on medical leave. So yeah, he's got that issue. So behind Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, there's honestly a wide gap, and I think the K- rookie KJ Hamler, real quick, second round pick, second round pick, second wow, round pick, that high, okay, second round, okay. forty six overall. So that's kind of a big deal that you're releasing a second round pick. Now, obviously, these are health issues, so it's not because of his talent or anything like that, but just, yeah, health issues. So hopefully everything clears up and he's good to go. He could come back either with the Broncos or another franchise. But, yeah, behind Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton now, there's a quite a big wide gap as far as the talent level. And this is where Marvin Bims can sort of separate himself from everybody else. Because you look at their roster, Tad, they got Kendall Hinton. Who was their quarterback at one point? Remember I was that? just about to ask. I was just about to ask was, who, yeah. who played quarterback for those. That was Kendall Hinton. He was All right, so we saw that one game, and they. Honestly, oh. God, that guy just for playing that one game should be a Bronco for life. Like, yeah, he should honestly, be, like yeah, he should be uncuttable for that. Uncuttable for that. Yeah, he's not the greatest there. Brandon oh, Johnson, he's a shit receiver, actually, but. Yeah, Brandon Johnson, I've actually never even heard of, so I'm not sure who that is. And then Marquez Callaway's got some speed. He could okay. be a little bit a little of bit an of interesting piece game. there, but I think Marvin Mims just brings a is lot that a Saints more to the Saints He was with the Saints, yeah, okay. if I remember correctly. Right. I think he was with yeah. another team, too. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he was with the Saints at one point. But I think Marvin Mims just brings a lot more to the table compared to all those guys, honestly, combined, if I were to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, in his final season at Oklahoma, Mims crossed the 1,000-yard receiving mark. He scored six touchdowns. And the crazy thing, Tad... That's only off of 54 receptions. So this guy's definition of a home run threat. But the good thing, too, is that what I saw during the combine, what I saw during his tape as well, he's a very good route runner. He's got plays after the catch. Like, he's willing to make plays after the catch and just off the line. It's like somebody shot him out of cannon. Like, this guy's got immediate burst. He could get down the field very quickly. So I think you pair him up with what you have, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the other side. You put this guy in the slot, just... It's hard to stop these guys. I think he's very much – he could be a very dangerous thing. Honestly, what I could see him being is I could see him sort of being that Robert Meacham or Brandon Cooks role that he, yeah, uh, Sean Payton had as Sean Payton. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think Marvin Mims could fit that role very well, and he could do a lot of damage. But the crazy thing here, Tad, is that he is probably moving up draft boards because of the Tim Patrick news, obviously. I know that happened like about a couple weeks ago. Maybe I think it was closer a month ago, man. It's been a while, but – I know he's moving up the boards because he was a highly drafted rookie and sort of a highly touted rookie as well. But most likely he's going to go undrafted in a lot of your fantasy leagues because his yeah. current ADP, Ted, ready for this? His current ADP, 192. Round. So that's 
technically round 19 if you're playing. Oh, I just said 11. 11 no, was 192. 192. Yeah, okay. so he is wow. practically going undrafted, currently going as the 73rd receiver off the board. So you can get this guy for next to nothing. But like I said, I like him a lot because I think filling in that third role behind Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson, I think if he has the time, that's obviously the big thing that the offensive line can protect for him. I think he can find Marvin Mims in some of those like short, short middle field situations or those home run threats to score a lot of touchdowns. So I very much am very high on Marvin Mims. Like, honestly, he's probably one of my guys that I'm probably looking at in fantasy drafts to get at the very end of the draft. Like, I really like the potential with him for sure. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to do a little <clears throat> toot my own horn thing here, but, uh, you know, I'm very narcissistic. So, I, you know, I'm really, as, I, as I know, it's that. shocking. So, <laughs> as is tradition, just a couple of weeks ago, I was re watching our rounds two and three NFL draft live stream. And it was funny. And this is actually what prompted me to re watch it was when Marvin Mims was drafted to Denver. Both of us had these, like, I won't say shocked, but, like, very confused faces. And at the time, I said, I was like, okay, I bet you Tim Patrick or KJ, and I said this, Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler, one of them is gone. I'm like, one of them is not going to make it. Like, this is a draft to replace one of a draft pick to replace one of them. I, I think that was a draft pick to replace Hamler. I, I think they obviously did not yeah. expect Tim Patrick to go down. But regardless, at the time, we were like, this is very confusing. But if he steps up, this will be very good. That's what yeah. both of us said at the time. So, you know, hey, you know, pat, pat, pat on your back, buddy. Pat on your back. We, we, you know, we, we call that, we call that. Um, so no, I, I, and you know, you, you say Robert Meacham or, uh, what was the other comparison you had? Uh, Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks. I, I got another one about, uh, uh, you know, to one up you. What about Traycon Smith? Traycon Smith doesn't have the speed that Marvin Mims have, but yeah, so, I can very much see that he doesn't, he doesn't have the speed, but my point being is, you know, Robert Meacham, and maybe this is just because when I started growing up into football, but Robert Meacham has that kind of like name recognition and sure. Traycon Smith, I was like, where the hell is this guy from? I was like, who the, the who is this number 10 that is killing me in fantasy? Yeah, where like I should have picked him up. And I think that is what Marvin Mims is going to be is like the stretch the field guy. I don't expect him to have, you know, like seven receptions for 80 yards a game, but I do no. expect him to have three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. And you're like, yeah, God damn it. I show he's the typical Saints receiver. He should be the typical Saints receiver where it's like, you pick him up. He doesn't do shit. You leave him on the bench, he'll go off. And it's like, I think that is the role that he absolutely is going to fill now with uh, Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler out of the picture. Well, Ted, it's funny you actually bring this up because this is actually brought up when his profile that I was looking at. But his first game as a freshman in Oklahoma, his stat line was three catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, if he's doing that there in his go. first year I, in college, he could very much do the same thing I in his first year the That is 100% what I expect out of him his rookie year, 100%. Yeah. So, I think the receptions are going to be low, yep. but I think the touchdowns are going to be somewhere be in that high. five to six range. So, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think the yardage will definitely get you some points as well. But just, yeah, once again, that's why it's a lottery tick player. Because flex option. He's a good streaming flex option. Yeah, I think that's the case with most of these players where it's like, yeah. I think you could consider them as streaming flex options. Possibly we could see more, but it's like, that's why they're lottery ticket players. It's like, you're going to spend next to nothing to get these guys, but hopefully the return is going to be very, very valuable for you. Or if you're a psychopath and play a 14-man league, he could be a good wide receiver too. <laughs> I'm never going to forgive you for that. Hey, you didn't have to join. It was miserable. You didn't it was have miserable. to join.
it's like offering a crack at a crack. Like I'm not gonna say no to joining no, the league. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. We brought it up last podcast. But yes, we did. Six, <laughs> six leagues. I thought of now. Yeah, yeah. You that try, is crazy. You try that draft schedule. It's a nightmare. Hey, I told you I have seven, so I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> it's just chaotic. But hey, if you guys need help with your draft schedules or your draft advice, we are the podcast to go to. Like we said, we you know got like. Two, two more weeks, about 16, 16 days. 18 you said days? 15 days earlier. Well, so 15, well, it's 15 days till my birthday. That was a little, you know, oh, God. it was a little self-indulgent there, admittedly, God, but we are roughly 15 days away from yeah. NFL kickoff season. So, and this is why we always tell you, don't do your draft too early. If you are still drafting, if you're drafting next week, two weeks from now, and you need even the most specific of advice you can ask show friend jay bear and yes i will keep referring to him as that um literally we did an faq episode just last week where we he was like all right i'm at this spot what do i do yeah and we broke down we broke down that spot and his second round spot so if you guys need any draft advice hit us up on the socials below i'm already tell them what the socials are for our listeners and our viewers Exactly. So you see the ticker coming down down below. You got us on Twitter. You got me at Armor the Side 23. You got Tad Tad Side 94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So we're going to be dropping all of our position rankings, but I think should mm. all be up there by now in case they're not. Tad should be a reminder should for be, you <laughs> to make sure you do that. Should but be. I think most of them are out there. As we get through the season, we'll be dropping our DFS value picks like we did last year. We'll be dropping oh, our betting picks about those. like we did last I year. So I mean, in case we miss an episode, we always got you covered with the start sync graphic in case we can't get you with an episode. But guys, make sure you're following all those social media handles. Like Tad said, Ask us your advice through the season as well, not just during the draft oh, season as well. Point. So, you know, ask us what the you know, waiver wire help and start sit help. And like you said, bug dad for trade advice help because he does a trade practically every single week in his leagues. It seems like, so I mean, he's got advice for you. So he could definitely help you out there. You need help. Obviously, once you get to the playoffs, who should you start the fancy playoffs? Who are good guys to pick up during the fancy playoffs? You know, what should your punishment be? Like, I mean, we can help you out with all of that. So guys, please don't be afraid to interact with us and ask us those questions because we're here to help you. We say this every single time on the podcast. We're here to help you win your leagues, whether it's a trophy, whether it's a championship belt, whether a lot of people are going to rings now. Like, I mean, whatever it is, we want to help you make sure you win all those different things. Um, and the best way you can do that is also make sure you subscribe or at least to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen to uh, Google Podcasts, you listen right on the LFP website as well. Tons of options. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well so you're always up to date with our videos. And please do us a favor. Make sure you're supporting our parent network, LFP Network. Without them, there would definitely be no us. So make sure you're supporting them by subscribing, listening, reading all of their great content as well. They got you covered with LA Sports, both at the college and professional level. They got you covered with the Chargers and the Rams at the professional level and the Trojans and the Bruins at the college level. So, yeah, lots of great content from them. Uh, we've been dropping articles all of August. We've been dropping articles on the LFA Network website. Go and check out those articles. We'll be dropping articles all season long with waiver wire stuff, starts and stuff, trade advice, everything, you name it. We'll be dropping articles as well. So make sure you check out the website. But, guys – Everybody who's interacting with us, who's following us, who's listening, watching, reading, I mean, just anything and everything, guys, we really can't thank you enough. Dude, people are doing rings now?
Yeah, I've seen people post rings, and I think maybe it's like the Aaron Donald effect because everybody was doing that, we right? Should. It's just like maybe people started buying we the rings now. Right. Maybe and we Curry should. did it during we, the finals, we, too, we, so it's we, like, we, yeah, it's catching on. We need to put that up to vote. I'd be very down for a ring instead of a trophy. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty baller. I think Alfred actually, would be more inclined to mail a ring. Yeah, what? Alfred, Alfred's <laughs> not going to mail me shit anyway, so it doesn't even matter. But anyway, anybody except for, uh, except for Alfred, as Amir said, please hit us <laughs> up as the season goes on for any advice you need, no matter how specific, whether we address on the episode or whether we address on social media, I promise you we will get to it. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so, so much for watching. And as always, everyone, please stay safe. Thank <laughs> you.